Awesome. And we're recording. Okay, so what I was going to say is that the Christian memoir book that I am reading has had more sex than this book. Like, it had an entire chapter where she talked about her sex life and how she is now good at sex and really enjoys sex. And it is a Christian memoir. And also maybe discusses some of the things that she likes. And this book has had no sex. I love the porn king. He's the best in the world and he has a big dick. Let's recount what the book has had up until what we read tonight. We have had a masturbation scene where he didn't finish. We did. We've had... And the handle job. The handle job. We've had That's some, it until we get to what we're covering today. Some stairs. Like, gazing. Not, like, going up and down. Some long looks at each yeah. other. So, Yeah. Not a lot to go off of. As I said to Meg before we started recording, I'm going to repeat this joke because it's gold. It I haven't had a dry spell this long <laughs> since before I lost my virginity. <sighs> oh, God, please cut that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so this is Handbook Podcast. And um, we were going to talk a little bit about the scandal and the court uh court case that's the words i'm looking for it's a little dehydrated uh but but there's just so much to dunk on in these four chapters we read chapters and then we went no there's too much here there's just too much (sighs) so where did we end last week we were in the middle of a meeting at Digby's where Gwendolyn and Elizabeth had met up to have drinks and Elizabeth had invited, but not really invited, but definitely, definitely invited Caden. Okay. Now we are at Digby's in the middle of a conversation. Caden um, has come over and called her dry and she said, never call a woman dry, which to me felt like the most intense escalation of a comment from a co-worker ever never call a woman dry like if what's wrong with that like he meant as in your dry sense of humor exactly that's what i was gonna say if a co-worker told me that i was dry that i did not have a crush on i would assume you were talking about my lovely sense of humor it's just really strange i don't know why anybody would call anybody dry to their face you wouldn't because it's like if someone's hot you're not like man you're so wet but we do in this chapter. We do in chapter 12. Oh my god. <clears throat> I mean, literally, I don't understand. I understand ending a chapter with a zinger. But it wasn't a zinger. It wasn't a very good zinger. No. But you don't... Like, she... do. You can do it one time where you end with a zinger, next chapter picks up immediately where you left off. It's not something you can consistently do because chapter breaks don't make sense then. He's always, it's just always a zinger. But anyways, the conversation does pick up right away. It doesn't even change perspective. We're still on Elizabeth's perspective. Yeah, why is this another chapter? I didn't even think of that. No, it like makes absolutely no sense. And then a grin flashes across Caden's face. No, a grin flashes across Caden, not his face. I was just trying to make this prose better. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of that tonight. In my head. 
This is how I tried to read it, guys. <laughs> um, my mistake, because I doubt that you are dry. Which, if, could have been hot if the entire conversation leading up to this had been hot. If it had been, like, a dirty talk conversation, maybe? If it had been literally any conversation that didn't involve a third party you've never met before and you're superior. Yeah, that's, yeah. But he does try to, to backtrack. Because her jaw does drop open. Sorry, Dr. Myers. I forgot who I was talking to. You talk to anybody like that? Which she also says. So you're, say, or so you're saying you normally talk to women like that. God help them all. But what's funny is her jaw does not drop because of his blatant sexual comment. It's because he's she's just surprised that he was that quick. They've been working together how long now? Also, that's not quick. That's a joke a seventh grader could make. Exactly. It's not clever. It's just real crude. Yep. It is like, very none of crude. This, none of their, their conversations, and the conversations go on like this. They go back and forth. They talk a little bit about Caden's fucking family, which, I mean... I still look, don't understand. I, I love the Fast and Furious movies. Don't get me wrong. I never want to hear the word family again, though. <laughs> this, this is, is like... a real family. This is a real family, and it's worse. It is worse. So, And I just can't. Gwendolyn smirks. So tell me what is your specialty, and try your best not to make it a sexual innuendo this time. This was the moment where I really wish she'd gone into, like, reproductive health. Part of me was, like, at this timing that she's asking... And you don't want a sexual innuendo. I would have been like, I don't have a fucking clue what you're talking about. Like, I assumed she meant, what is your sexual specialty? Fair. It's really awkwardly placed. Cause Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm getting what you're saying, but all I can think about is, wouldn't this book have been so much better if he was sexy gynecologist? <laughs> Probably. Or, like, sexy obstetrician. Because Elizabeth goes... So you're saying you normally talk to all to women like that. God help them all. And then Gwen goes, so tell me, what is your specialty? And try your best not to make it a sexual innuendo this time. I consider myself to be quite quick-witted and intelligent. And I still would have been like, what are you referring to? Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have thought about doctor stuff at that moment. I would have been yeah. like... I would have said something crude because that's my sense of humor. <laughs> exactly. But it would have been in context. Like, all this would have happened already. Yes. So he says he's talking about going into heart surgery because the brain is too much for him. Too many things he could screw up because the heart doesn't have whatever. What do you feel is your, why do you feel the heart is your best avenue? I have a feeling you're not a romantic type. You underestimate me, he smirks. But I don't consider surgery romantic. It's a game. You enter like an athlete, having trained for that moment, but there's always a risk that it won't go as planned. That's what's so appealing about it. She lifts the sugar-coated rim close to her lips. Sounds like dating. 
I... Do you train to date? No. Also, it's just, it's one of those other moments where it's just like, it feels like so, um, I have this friend who has this gripe with this term. Shoehorning is generally what we use to describe when something, when you like force something into a conversation. But to shoehorn is actually to very carefully and precisely put something into something like a shoehorn. Yep. So I'm going to use his term, which is way better, which is she just fists this into this conversation. Oh, thank you for that. You're welcome. But it's just like, shout out to Brian. If he ever listens to this, I'm going to thank him for that. He gave me the, the term <laughs> fisting in a conversation. But she just, she she's always trying to like up the sexual ante, but at the cost of like normal fucking human interactions. Yes. Everyone here is like, it almost sounds like, like, a, like two robots talking to each other. It sounds like what those people that pretend like they make a bot do something and produce... Mm-hmm. That's what this sounds like. I so it's not even robots. I made a bot read two thousand romance books, and this is what it spit out. And I would be like, "Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> this is legit. I'm gonna retweet this. <laughs> You're gonna put that on there. Yeah. And then Hunter shows up. That's the male gender. To my surprise, not a cat. Although Hunter could also be a cat name. <laughs> and also, okay. This is my new canon to make this chapter interesting. Hunter's a cat. Okay. Roll with me. Okay. Okay. I like First this. of all, we, we describe him as a male ginger. Which, okay. Which is only a way that you would describe a cat. So I'm expecting, like, very fluffy hair, but it's lighter color. Yeah, he's like a, he's a big, fluffy male oh, ginger yes. cat. Okay. Second, he is described as being aloof and uncommunicative. Cats. He's also ruggedly handsome. Very much a cat. Third, no one knows what he does with his time. Cat. Yeah. Yeah. It's He's a cat. So Hunter's a cat. Everybody, Hunter is a cat. It makes the rest of these four chapters so much better. So good. This is my cat, Hunter. <laughs> Why am I below my si- your si- her sister in your phone? Because you're a fucking cat, Hunter. Because <laughs> you're a cat I gave a phone to, Hunter. Oh my god. I want this movie. It's just a cat. Oh my god. Kanan hits him in the chest. Hunter grins and rubs the spot. It's a cat. It's a kitty. How many siblings do you have? We have an older brother, Max. Then it's me. Then my sisters, Lexi and Samantha. And then this ass. And then Hunter's the baby. And then this asshole. Because cats are assholes. Well, yeah. I mean, they got the cat later. But then he roughly tickles Hunter because, like, first of all, you only tickle a cat or a dog. Exactly. So he just goes up and gives him a good scratch behind the ears. Exactly. Otherwise, that's a weird fucking thing to do to your brother. Yep, your grown-ass brother that can legally drink. But if it's a male ginger cat that you're telling everybody is your brother. Yeah. That you also call Red. Who doesn't have red hair? He has strawberry blonde. He also has to drag Red around with him. Mm, that sounds like this is a cat in a harness. It definitely is. And it's, like, I didn't have other things to do, Hunter mutters, like, catch mice. Yep. And then Caden goes to hit him, but his cat knew it was coming and weaved out of the way. It sounds exactly like what a cat would do. <laughs> just everything here is leading up to this is not a person, this is a cat. Am I to understand that Caden asked Hunter here to come here on purpose? That this this is a logical assumption. Probably to pick up women. Men use- because everybody picks up women with their pets. They do. They do. Pets and babies. 
Best not to arrive alone, the single man prowling. Prowling is only okay if it's a cat. Exactly. But surely he knows that the patrons are mostly residents from our hospital. There has to be another reason why. He's not. He's at the hospital too much. He wants his cat. <laughs> his cat's home all day waiting for him. I love this so much. Okay, okay. We have to keep going, but we need to keep this. Hunter's the yep. cat. Ha ha. This is the most pussy we've seen all this time. <laughs> Did you just think of that or were you waiting to make that comment? Oh, I was kind of waiting the entire time, to be honest That's amazing. With you. Can I tell you the most egregious typo in this chapter? There were a few. Okay. But this one is... There's love in his eyes as Caden lowers his volume to explain to Gwen and I. That kid, we never know where he is. I found him tonight at our parents' house. P-A-R-E-N-T-S oh apostrophe god. S. Oh my god. Also, again, it's a cat. Yep. That Haven't damn seen cat him escaped and went to my parents' house. Exactly. You don't know what he does with his time? Nope, none of us do. He's a fucking outdoor cat. <laughs> also, it says, made us. I found him tonight at our parents' house and made him... Parents', because <laughs> that's how that's pronounced when it spelled like yep. that. And made him come with me. Just add the word me. You up your word count by one word. And no, I say come with. There's something about reading it that bothers me. Saying it, not so much. It's it's dialogue. I'm gonna give Felina one pass tonight, and it's on okay. That. And then we get into more. It's like she's trying to do character development, but it's just not very good character development. The cat is way more appealing and enticing than the person is. Does he Exchanging have a job? Look- yes, he's a cat with a job. <laughs> it's killing mice. He pays his bills. Yep, because he takes care he of the kills mice. <laughs> So we go back and forth. I'm I'm really over this family shit. Like, which sucks because that's three out of four of these chapters. Yep. But also, did you Can... not think in- instantly that Hunter is definitely a drug dealer? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's doing something. He's a meth head at least. Yeah. But we get the clarification that it's it isn't a haphazard. Oh wait, nope. It's not shady. Why did I lose this line? It's not shady or against his best interest in the long run. If you don't know what your brother is doing, and he's the youngest, just out of knowing a bunch of younger kids that tend to do, like, entrepreneurial stuff. Drug dealing. It's drug dealing. Or mowing lawns. (laughs) I really like Hunter only gets to be a person if he's secretly out landscaping. I like this. Okay. God, Hunter is the most compelling thing we've encountered in this entire book so far. Who is he? What does he do? Is he a cat? Is he a 14-year-old with his own landscaping business? (laughs) That can, like, pass as a 21-year-old because he goes to buy drinks. I mean, he's out all day. Maybe he looks hardened from being in the sun on his John Deere lawnmower that he saved up all of his pennies to buy. This is very true. I'm in a challenging mood, so I counter the short run can lead to a longer run. What? Oh, whatever Hunter is up to, it's not shady or against his best interest in the long run. The short run can lead to a longer one. Is this another one of her? Okay, so here's something that 
Belina does that bothers me. She writes in two different perspectives, but those perspectives occasionally... Sound exactly the she same? She says, Caden chuckles like I don't understand his family. How would she possibly know that that was how Caden was chuckling? He runs confident fingers through his hair, bicep threatening to burst the sport coat seams. Buy a bigger First of coat. all, that means... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's badly tailored. If you can't bend your arm in a sport coat... Get a bigger sports coat. Like, it doesn't ben, look attractive to be almost bulging out of your sports coat, even if you're what, super you're not fit. Into a, you're not into a guy in a suit and he just has these, like, big, round, like, <laughs> biceps hanging out. I can't do it Can't put his arms down. Cool. I know, right? <laughs> just, I have a friend who works out too much and he can't put his arms down anymore and I make fun of him just so hard My for dad's it. that way. Which is funny because my dad has very thin, they're still muscular, but my dad has very thin legs because he doesn't like leg day that much. And, but on top, he's very broad and walks like this. (laughs) (laughs) He walks like an adult upright gorilla. (laughs) More or less. He walks like a fucking uh, pro wrestler. The funny thing is my friend, uh, he isn't like he's not an assuming guy he's not cocky he's really quiet really soft-spoken he's cute but he's like very like unobtrusive but he just has these massive biceps and these massive like whatever you call the side muscles i don't know what they are flanks yeah yeah those bits um side boobs and they're just so big he can't put his arms all the way down and we just make fun of him for it all of the time to walk like this like you're carrying two bags (laughs) <laughs> You're carrying two bags. That's how Caden walks at all times. From now yep. on, whenever we talk about him, he is carrying two bags. It's like he, if he puts his, if he pulls, he's going to rip the seams. So he's walking in the perfect, like, I'm not going to rip. <laughs> he can't do anything. He can't sneeze. He can't cough. He can't fart. He has this jacket. It fits perfectly. Oh, I hate this book. <laughs> oh my God. So, stifling a smile, I survey the crowd from behind my delicious martini. No one has ever described a dry martini as delicious. They're not delicious. They're just there to get you drunk. They're tasty. Like, don't get me wrong, but I would never be like my delicious martini. I'd be like, I survey the crowd from behind my delicious piece of cheesecake, not my delicious dry martini. So, oh, okay. Brothers at Brew is a real brewery. Oh yeah, that was a brewery that brought up that something brought up before. Um, They try to make Caden funny where Elizabeth points out that he has a big head about something because Gwendolyn comments, like, like pays him a, like, compliment. And Caden, he touches his head in confusion, looks over at a mirror hanging by a leather strap on the wall. That was a weird detail. (laughs) With a comedic expression... Caden bends and twists to fully inspect himself. Returning to me, he announces, I think it's the appropriate size for my build. <sighs> That's like a dad joke. It's very much a dad joke, which like, not to shame dad jokes. Dad jokes on certain people are very charming. I was with my coworker last week named Jacob, who loves dad jokes. It's very charming. Our mutual friend, Ryan, loves dad jokes. He's a king of dad jokes, and he's lovely and charming. Exactly. So it can be very charming. Caden has not earned that charm. 
Dr. Myers, though, gets a real good one in next. Hunter asks, Dr. Myers, what's your real name, Dr. Myers? I, oh, yeah. be still my heart, Elizabeth. You're so witty. And then he's so witty and guesses Maleficent, because that's a nice thing to say to a woman you've never met. Yeah. Or you've never met before and have only been talking to for five minutes. Yeah, Maleficent is a badass. And she is unapologetic. Yeah, if but somebody also, said that to me, though, I would think they were an asshole. Yeah. But she loves it. Not because there's a line that's like, I had always loved Sleeping Beauty and thought Maleficent was a badass. That took no prisoners. Nope, there's no explanation. She just finds it amazing. And a grin breaks free despite her best efforts. Do you see what I'm saying is there's, like, no rhyme or reason to anything. There's no digging into any details. It all just seems so shoehorned in. Caden joins in on the joke. How'd you figure that out so fast? Something in the eyes, my brother's, his brother's smirks. And then we have the worst non-sequitur joke, which is she digs the lemon twist out of her glass and sucks on it. Hmm, pity. This isn't as sour as my soul. In that moment, Elizabeth went from being really funny to one of those women who, like, shares memes on Facebook that say, like, when I wake up in the morning, the devil says, oh, no, she's up. Oh, God. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. And it's just like, and I know Felina probably does, too. So it's just like, because, like, obviously, I think we can agree, like, having read the the, the excerpt, the Amazon Kindle free excerpt from Kaki Rumi. These are all Felina self-inserts. Oh, yeah. Because I don't feel that there's much of a difference between Drew and uh, Elizabeth. I really doubt it. <clears throat> I feel like she's just once we finish this book, we should make a list of some of these pickup lines and go try them out. <laughs> just walk up to a guy sucking on a lemon yes. rind. It's a pity this isn't as sour as yes. my soul. We're not actually going to do this, but it would be fun to think about. No, absolutely not, because that would be borderline sexual harassment if I just did that to random dudes. It would be. It would be a lot more successful than what happens in this chapter. Hunter's wit is as dry as mine, so he doesn't crack. If someone had picked it earlier, it wouldn't have had the chance to be as sweet. What fucking fruit are we talking about? Because lemons don't get sweet. No. But also, Gwen gifts us with her sideways grin. Okay. <clears throat> By saying gift implies that she doesn't do it often. That she only lets it out on certain occasions. This bitch has been giggling like a girl exactly. in the seventh grade the entire book. And like, yeah, I just, you summed it up well. And then she, like that comment that Hunter made. Say it again. If someone had picked it earlier, it wouldn't have had a chance to be as sweet. First of all, lemons don't get sweeter. Second of all, there it are does kind of lemons? imply that she's like a old spinster lady. Yes, it does. There are there is a brand of sweet lemons, but I don't feel like they're they're either not actually lemons or there's something else. Or maybe I'm thinking like maybe it's limes. It might be sweet limes that I'm thinking of. Key limes. No, I swear, something I was either reading or, like, a recipe I was looking at talked about it, but it's not important. But you're right. It does seem to imply spinster. And it's just a weird exchange. She kind of, like, goes off in her head for a second after that and thinks about how Caden... 
she and Gwen start to talk about something else, and then Gwen and Caden talk, and she sort of considers that Caden isn't really her type. She's into scholastic types who have beards and glasses. And then she makes a weird comment where she says, she talks about how she's not really into guys who care more about how many protein shakes he downed that morning, which superhero flick was the most true to the comic strip it sprang from, which doesn't seem like the same no. dude to me at no. all. And neither of which but, are bad. I mean, the protein shake thing is kind of gross. I wouldn't want to talk to a guy who was like, I had 18 protein shakes Okay, that's shakes gross, but who also... Who, how many guys down more than a protein shake in the morning? I don't know anybody who drinks any protein shake, so... My boss does. I used to. But... I probably should. I'd probably be healthier. Uh, I don't know. I've got some weird feelings about drinking your calories versus eating them and how full you feel after that. But that's not for this podcast. My point being, we'll have a health and nutrition podcast from two people who probably shouldn't talk health and nutrition. I like that idea. That'll be our side project. I, uh, but point being, like, I get what she's trying to say, I guess. But the guy who works out in the gym twenty four seven is not also the guy that can tell you everything about comic books. Like those are not the same stereotype. Not- Typically, right. like if we're talking in terms of stereotypes, that's a weird jump to make. Right. And she later on describes him. All those things are fine if you want to wake up next to a walking, dick bobbing yawn after a night of hot. Look at that body sex. I don't understand this expression at all. I don't all. understand it either. So, dick bobbing yawn implies he's like kind of hard in the morning. And oh, I, I thought it, it implied like boring sex. But it's also... No, but it's a night of hot look at that body sex. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Which like... all I can think is that you were having sex repeatedly to the song Sexy and I Know It by LMFAO. And it's just that one loop of the... Girl, look at that body. It's just over. Looped. Going and going oh, and going. I feel like this is something that should be done. I feel like creating all these experiments to see what happens. So far, we've got a person who's a cat, or maybe a 14-year-old with a landscaping company, and now we know that Elizabeth exclusively fucks to a 30-second clip. Yep. That's the only way she can get But seriously, okay, if someone said dick bobbing yawn, I, I understand what she's talking about. I really don't. It's like... It's like, you know, the guy wakes up in the morning, he's, like, already a little hard, and he gets up, and his dick's kind of flopping all over the place. Okay. I guess that makes sense. It's just a weird way of phrasing that. I'm not someone who, like, sleeps naked, and I've never really been around other people who sleep naked, but I feel like if you do sleep naked, it's a thing. Okay. Like, most of the time, if I wake up next to, like, most of the time I have woken up next to a guy, he's been, like, wearing boxers or something that has, you know, kept it from being a dick-bobbing yawn. I mean, I have definitely woken up next to guys that don't particularly care to sleep in clothes. It's still not the way that I would express that, but... Yeah, it was a weird thing to say. Yeah. I don't know, just, like, the way that it's phrased, I really took this as, like, boring, repetitive sex... Because goddamn, he had a hot body. He was yawning while bobbing his dick. Okay. I hate it. And then she says, I desire more from a bedmate. Always have. These are two separate paragraphs, everybody. 
stimulate my mind and watch these legs loosen their grip. Okay, this is like another one of these like faux deep moments where she's like, I like a guy who's smart and can talk. And it's like, yeah, I know. That's like what most people look for in a partner. Right. I don't think anybody is out there saying, like, man, I just like a real dumbass who doesn't have anything to say. Like, I don't think anybody's ever said that to themselves. Yeah. I don't know. But there's a specific type of person out there who absolutely thinks that that's like an intense, deep thing to think. Is she one of those, what are they called, sapiosexuals? Have you ever heard this term? Where it's like... You're into homo sapiens? Because no, no, that no. would be me. Oh, shit. What is... Okay, let me see if I'm... Is this like a thing where people are really into smart people? Yeah. Yeah, it's like on the gray ace scale, right? Yeah, it's like a thing that actually on paper doesn't sound bad, where it says like, I like people that are intelligent. I find that... Intellectual. Yeah. But really, it's code for I'm an asshole who's never... Who's going to continually judge your intelligence. Yeah. So. It it probably falls under the demisexual, like... Oh, um, yeah. Umbrella where it's like you have to have some sort of like psychological or like emotional connection with someone to experience sexual um, feelings, sexual arousal or whatever. Which, I mean, that's a valid thing. Like, I can't really get into a dude if I think he's not like. Um... I mean, I literally have a sign that my friend Gina made that says if you go home with someone and they don't have books, don't fuck them. And this is actually truly something I believe in. Oh yeah, but but I, and I get I get what she's what she's the problem is I don't think she's necessarily digging deep enough into that because she doesn't know like we haven't had anything demonstrated to us about whether or not Keaton is actually all that intellectual or compelling as a partner or as a person and that just kind of frustrates me. All of this that she's, book is surface it's level. It's faux depth. Yeah, it's all surface level because of course like he has to have some sort of intelligence if he wants to be a surgeon. But also, like, it's a lot of telling and not showing. Yeah. Nothing else good happens in this chapter except for the calf touch. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I tried to forget about it. It makes me angry because who fucking cares if she didn't shave her armpits? So, Elizabeth maybe spills her drink. I don't really understand what happens. It's badly explained. She goes, um... Oh, God, where is it? He glances over and I blink away, take a sip, but find no drops left. Choking on my oh-so-elegant glass, I adjust my weight and hastily empty my hand. The glass topples onto the table. As it rolls, Caden grabs it before it dives over the side. I don't understand what any of that was describing. And then he bends down to do something. She lifts her arms and he realizes she hasn't shaved her armpits. Who the fuck cares? If he actually has a problem with that, like, go fuck himself. He bends down. He dips down to my cross legs. Caden swipes his finger slowly at my right calf. Smooth here. I don't understand the physicality of this scene. So he grabbed the glass before it rolled off the table. I don't really understand why she dropped the glass. What Did he just reach down to her legs apropos of nothing? Because it would make sense if she had dropped the glass... And when he picked it up, he raked his hand I don't up. Know, had a yeah. moment next to her leg, yeah. which is still weird, by the way. It's not 1850. I'm sure he's seen a girl's ankle before. And also, like, who cares? 
So he, dipping down to my crossed legs, Caden swipes his finger slowly up my right calf. Smooth here. Goosebumps sing along the path. I just, that's such a bizarre, like the physicality of the scene makes no sense to me. It doesn't at all. And if he just randomly did that out of nowhere, that would immediately set off all of my, like, you're a fucking serial killer who wants to wear my skin. (laughs) Like flags. Yeah, there's nothing about this that, like, and, and part of it is the fact that the conversation is so awkward. I really, really love that you were drinking out of a Tocino's jar. <laughs> like, it's wine. I mean, I believe that. It looks like wine. It all, it's Pinot Grigio. It already tastes a little tomato-y. <laughs> this is, this that is, is like, more I sexual this... than anything we've read in this book so far. It's so garlicky and oniony. <laughs> but also could fit into this book and be like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> I lift the Tostitos glass to my lips. <laughs> my deliciously dry white oh. wine touches my lips. I should really, really make margaritas in this next week. <laughs> you should. Okay. For everybody listening, if you don't know, I drink an alcoholic beverage out of a Tostitos can or a former Tostitos salsa jar every week. And Meg just noticed for the first time. I think it's the first time I've actually seen the label on it. So we did it. We finished that bullshit, horrible chapter so we can go into the worst chapters. Wait, before, so this chapter ends with... I just with, want to be done with this chapter well, so many times. It ends with Caden leaving and not returning back, uh, pays for their tab and leaves. And then Gwen tries to toast and she goes to the blushing cheeks from Elizabeth Myers, which I think is a really cute thing to toast, but whatever. Elizabeth doesn't agree. So she says to seeing what he looks like without clothes. Totally inappropriate. To blowing him. Laughing, I clink my glass to hers. To shutting you up and only to shutting you up. Okay. I just wanted to read that because it was terrible. So. It was also like, but it was still like a good character interaction. I feel like she's her best when she's not doing romance. Agreed. She should write bestie novels. She'd probably be very good at those. Or like those uh, chiclet novels where like... They get together at the end. Nope, that's still too much romance for her. Yeah. Okay, chapter 13. And here we go. First of all, I would just like to say that in a prose novel that was published, there is a question mark followed by two exclamation points. Yep. What the hell is she doing in jail, I demand, as Hunter and I jog to Dad's Escalade, where I dig out my phone as we jump in and slam our doors at the same time. Oh, good for you. You guys do a lot of things at the same time in these chapters. So what we find out is that Lexi, his younger sister, who we've heard mentioned before, but we had no context as being the younger sister, has ended up in jail. They're driving to Sandy Springs. Yep. Jail. To get her out. And on the way, we have a character interaction between Hunter and Caden that makes no sense and seems really rude. Also, just really quick, Sandy Springs is up 85 or 400, not 75. Boom, Felina. Also, just don't put a highway number. Like, it's not a real bar, so, like, anyways. 
we launch onto the highway was all you have to say. So yep. Sandy Springs, no one. So they call Wyatt as in sexual harassment cop from four chapters ago. <laughs> I'm glad you remember that because I was like, I don't fucking remember who Wyatt is. Is Wyatt's, these guys a lawyer? Wyatt's someone who was like, man, I would have asked for her number while pulling yeah. her over. So they call Wyatt yeah. on speakerphone in the car and they're like, hey, can you come help us get Lexi out of jail? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they say, we launch onto 75 North, and it's just like, you didn't have to mention that there. You could have just said, we launch onto the highway. And I would not have thought anything of it. And I just lurched, because I lived in Sandy Springs for a while, and, And, um, yeah. And then he says, and tell your buddies that if they see a black Escalade breaking the sound barrier, look the other way. That's quite illegal. Oh, wait, it wasn't on speakerphone, because Hunter hands the phone back. He gave me the cocker goodbye. Hung up? Yep. Dude, I'd be so mad if my family hung up on me like that. That wouldn't yep. be like a, oh, it's the recording goodbye. It'd be like, wow, that was a dick move, Dad. I agree. So they tell Max, the older brother, who's the film editor, I believe. Yep. You know, we never got an inside look at them spending the day in the garden together, and it makes me kind of upset. We didn't. Maybe they haven't yet. But I think they probably have. But you're so right. Hunter, nice. Hunter wants to, doesn't want to text Max to tell him that they're on the or that Wyatt's coming to help. So Caden takes this moment to be like, Hunter, the fact that you don't tell us anything about your life is really selfish, and your friends all and your family all worries about you. Why are you so selfish? Which prompts the most book wild thing, and I've been trying not to use wild, but guys, this is a book wild situation. Because he's a cat. Because he's a cat. So they get, (laughs) as they pull into the county jail, they get pulled over for speeding. And Hunter goes to get out of the car, and Caden, and the cops are like, stay in the car, and Caden's like, look at you, you only think about yourself and you want to get out of the car. And then Hunter says... Oh yeah, how about now? Love you, Caden. He jumps out, hands up. Hey, officer, fuck you. Why? What? What a wild thing to do. Like, to prove to your brother that you're not self-centered, you decided that you'd like to get arrested? It also does not guarantee that Caden, who was speeding, also, why it sucks that, like, Having his friends make sure to look the other way if this officer stopped them. Well, he did speed but... into a police station off, like, parking lot. Yeah, that was stupid. You shouldn't speed into a parking lot, period. But whatever. Hunter saying, fuck you, cop, does not get Caden off from a ticket. And then he says, my jaw drops. He thought that, would mo- that move would put the onus onto him. No more ticket for me. In a way, it's sweet. But I'm not letting my baby bro go down like that. Okay, maybe it's just because I don't have siblings. But this whole thing where adults still refer to their younger siblings as baby bro and baby sis weirds me out. Because you've referred to your younger siblings. You're like, yeah, my little brother. That's different from saying... Like, you would never be like, I'm not letting my baby bro go to jail. No. No, because I was trying to think, what do I refer to the twins the twins are 14. You call them the twins. And for the most part, they're just the twins. Or it's my, yeah, I think little brother or youngest brother. And uh, 
youngest sister because I have so many sisters that that has to be. I'm trying to think like at what age we stopped calling them the babies because they were definitely called the babies. But I want to say around like seven, maybe it stopped being. It was probably like, oh, yeah, you guys are not your kids. Yeah. I think I still go up to him and I'm like, my babies, but just to piss him off. So, but yeah, no, like Hunter gets cuffed and put on the car and he's smiling as he says, how selfish am I now? Really fucking selfish. Cause now your family has to bail you out of jail. You dumb exactly. ginger cat. <laughs> but you know, kudos to the cops for having cat handcuffs available. I know. I want some of those. So then we get into the station, Max is there, and then we get, so she does this thing where she's like, Felina, she, when I'm saying she, I mean Felina here. She's talking about how uh, she's describing a situation and she'll sometimes switch to just the crudest term she could possibly use. And I actually messaged Meg about this earlier because... Because I just couldn't get over the crudeness of this state of this statement. So Wyatt is there. He's talking to a fellow police officer, which is the only way that this person should have been referred to. But instead, the description is from the intimate distance between them, Wyatt and this she cop have fucked. She cop. Yep. If this is supposed to be Caden thinking. Which, first of all... He apparently really... doesn't think women should be police officers if he's going to use the term she-cop. There's a lot of name thro- names thrown, so it's really hard to keep this damn family in check. So Max's Emerald Eye is locked on us as, you know, whatever. Two of our siblings are locked up. And then it's like, from, yeah, what you just read. And I was like, who the fuck is Wyatt? Why are we calling someone a she-cop? Women cops are not new. Not even a little. No. So this whole thing, she cop, it's just, it's, it's, it's really insulting. So we start to get into it and we realize that Lexi is in jail. She's the one that he described earlier when he was talking about the last girl that he fucked. He met her at a party where he was chasing Lexi, who was chasing this guy, Brad, who's a jackass we've heard about. And it turns out Brad is really a jackass. Yes. So Lexi and Samantha are their younger siblings. They come between Caden and Hunter, and they live together. Lexi is in jail because Brad called in a restraining order on her, claiming that she was stalking him. And then we find out that the phone number that he gave as his personal phone number is to a pizza place with a capital P, which I find really strange. Yep. And then the address is to a popular coffee shop, which I feel like the cops would have sniffed out immediately, but I think Max is the one who notices it. So they get a copy of this restraining order. I have had a sister who's had a restraining order. It's not one that I'm close enough with to call and be like, hey, you remember that restraining order you got like 12 years ago? What did you have to do for that? But my guess is they take your fucking ID. Yeah, you can't just call one in and be like, this is my phone number and it's Pizza Hut. Like, Yeah, like, these are, there are so many legal problems with this, like, fake restraining order. And there's so many legal problems with everything that happens afterwards, like the fact that Wyatt gives the name and the address and all of this information about the person who pulled out the restraining order. And then we get but also like, the real story. Okay, wait. 
Hang on. She is put in jail for stalking. When did he get this restraining order? Is she in jail because she is violating this fake restraining order? Did he get this restraining order tonight? Yeah, I don't feel like you get picked up right away and tossed into jail because somebody calls in and says, she was stalking me. No, like, you have to be served a restraining order. And you also, like, you don't get arrested for stalking right off the bat unless you're, like, caught on the grounds. Nobody, like, the cops are not going to come to your house and be like, somebody said you were stalking someone an hour ago. That's just not how that works. No. Like, restraining orders is just a piece of paper, which is, there's a lot of problems with the restraining orders. So it's like, is the implication here that Brad created a fake one on, like, Photoshop? I don't know. Like, all of this makes no sense. But all Lexi had to do was be like, you guys never served me with a restraining order. But also she could just be like, I wasn't there, which is what happens. And Samantha's, like, with her on it. But then we get to the real story here. So Max is, like, grilling Samantha about what's going on. And Samantha's like, I'm not going to tell you, which doesn't make any fucking sense. And then it's like Samantha jumps to her feet. He's just at Brad. This is who we're talking about. Brad is just acting out because Lexi had a date with someone else to make him jealous. So... Lexi had a date with another dude to make him jealous, so he called the police and said she was stalking her. This is bonkers. Yeah, this is like warning signs that you're going to get hit. And they're more mad about the restraining order than they are about the fact that their sister, one, their sister is enabling their other sister to, two, date a guy who's that crazy. Yeah, like this is like when you start filing a legal document like all of this is so wrong and Brad should not be in the picture it just doesn't make any sense like this whole next bit so I kind of went out of order here but they they realize that Lexi Alexis Cocker has been put in jail for no reason which still doesn't make sense why she's in jail to begin with but either way she's been put in jail for no reason because this Brad guy called in a fake restraining order on her claiming that she was stalking him and even though the cops didn't find her on the premises they still picked her up he's filing a fake restraining order with the phone number of a pizza joint and the address of a coffee shop and which Wyatt is attempting to explain this to his chief and says I have reason to believe this was done to keep her in line that's fucked up yes also, the coffee joint is a real coffee joint, which Octane. yeah, also makes me laugh because the bar's not like the things that she has that are real versus what's made up fascinate me. Is Octane any good? I've never been there. It's just near a restaurant I liked. Oh. I also like this line here, and by like, I don't. Just let them do their thing. We spin around in frustration like one angry person in front of a single mirror. I highlighted this too. It was such a stupid way to put that. Wyatt's not our siblings. His emotions aren't entangled as ours are. So he is able to think better and not listen to Samantha's pleas. He snorts. Bullshit. I'm solving the riddle. Okay. Does this mean that the boys were about to cave and be like, you know what, Samantha? You're right. We shouldn't get involved. Maybe we should be normal, well-adjusted human beings and not deeply involve ourselves in our sister's romantic life. 
Or if we're going to, it should be for reasons like this guy's obviously abusing you, not if you're this afraid weird possessiveness they seem yeah. to have over their female siblings. It's so weird. Is she I'm trying to find what she says, like uh, okay, so she's afraid of Lexi. She never says like Brad will get mad at her. Okay. So they end up, it turns out, Wyatt goes and explains to the sergeant what's happening. The sergeant's like, fuck you, Wyatt, because Wyatt isn't even a cop at this precinct. And then Chief Morrison, who runs the precinct, comes out, and they speak to him. They explain the situation. And he says something about Hunter also being in jail for getting arrested for earlier screaming, fuck you, officer. And Chief Morrison is stare silently for four long seconds. It's really weird that you counted four seconds. You people really know how to stick together, don't you? That's like a weird thing to say to people you don't know. That's not sticking together. That's like, yo, my siblings are in jail. I'm just trying to get them out. Yeah, it's like the information that they're giving him is legit. And the moment that you try to call the number on this restraining order should be the start of like... There should be a paper trail of this restraining order being filed. Which, granted, they go and they investigate afterwards. After Chief Morrison is like, what the hell's happening? They go and investigate. But this random sergeant that doesn't is weird. And yeah, the chief is basically implying that they're lying? Yeah, it's fucked up. And then the cocky senator shows up. He's here, everybody. Cocky senator Justin Cocker is here. Justin... And Wyatt immediately tries to talk to him, and Justin shuts him up with a loud shh, which I didn't know you could do loudly or forcefully. Shh! Shh! You've not been in enough libraries. Oh god, you should see what my audacity looks like right now. It's bad. I'm so sorry (laughs) you have to edit this. It's all good. We get Brad's last name. Cleary. Right, okay. I just want to keep that in mind. So... The, but yes, their dad also Justin. shows up. Let's remember the last time we saw Justin, you and I, which was cocky roommates. No, we whatever. didn't see Justin and cocky roommate. We saw Jake. I is saw Justin, Justin and cocky one, senator. Is Justin not the one that was fucking a waitress at? Uh, I just forgot whatever restaurant they go to. Because they make a comment about how like oh, the waitress maybe. is falling for him. But he's going to be in government. Probably. They're twins. Yeah, he's the one that's fucking, that they eat all of his food while he's fucking the waitress. I, the last time I saw Justin, he was leaning over to a complete stranger in an airport bar, or in an airport bar and saying, I know a janitor's closet that locks. Oh, that's nice. I know, right? Isn't that just, doesn't that just fill you with the warm warm fuzzies? That would cause me to move down another stool that would cause me to get up and run yeah that does sound like a serial killer like so justin and daddy of Caden, whose name escapes me jake jackson who is he jacob i don't remember uh, one of their dads blonde man yeah, number twin. six um shows up finds out the whole situation and eventually they sort of start to get it cleared up. And at the very end, Max asks Samantha, tell me Brad's last name, even though we've already established it. And Sam's caramel doe eyes open. Who? 
Yeah, that ending makes no fucking sense. I don't understand what the tone is. And then there's not really much to cover, because in the next chapter, nothing happens. I want to, really quick, because we're going to run into this... I accidentally read the next chapter, and we're going to run into this. So let's play again. What year is this book? Supposed to be 2030, I believe? We were, like, in the 30 to 40s range. No, yeah, it's got to be later than 2030, because he's got to be more than 22. So if Caden is a second year, and it took him a while to go to college, he's at least 30. Dr. Myers is probably 32 or 34. He's born in 2008, so it's at least 2038, but probably more, like... Yeah, it's probably 2038. Okay. So, knowing that... Their dad says, wait, let me get this right. He jumped up and said, fuck you, copper. To which they reply, minus the prohibition era slang. Yeah. Now, first of all, prohibition is now officially 100 years ago. 100 plus. Copper is also a British word. Like, that's what they call cops. I don't understand. I I get what they were getting at. Like, they were like, nah, he said officer. Like, they were trying to explain that he didn't. It it wasn't as comical. The dad is supposed to be as funny. Or, as funny. The dad is supposed to be roughly our age. Probably a little bit older. Yeah, because if he had a baby in 20... So, I think cocky roommate is their dad, I believe. Jake is supposed to be about 24... Wait, did the okay? Their dad is the musician. Okay, or is the I don't music which one that is. I don't either. It's not Jake though. I can't remember this family because they don't give us enough details. We cannot keep up with this family line. But in all honesty, it's like is whatever the dad's story is supposed to be supposed to be taking place in the nineteen twenties? Is that when this family stuff starts? Because then cocky roommate is very fucking weird. And two. Well, I think I feel like most people know that like copper is something you would have said during the prohibition era. I don't think that that that's that weird. But this, I don't know. I just okay. But you don't know slang, so let's see. We're talking. This is probably a good twenty years in this future. So, do you know slang from twenty years, the eighteen nineties? If somebody said copper to me, I would understand that it is an outdated term. But it's not. It's still, the British still use it. That's the thing is that I'm like, my my whole point here is that the references she's making are weird. F- fuck up the timeline of these books. It's There should weird. be a 1970s term for cop would have worked, a 1990s term. Pig. Nobody calls them pig anymore. They haven't since the 19, or the you know, 2010s. I don't, I don't know. know. I call them something. Pigs. Oh, wait, it's the 2010s. Never it's mind. still the 2010s. <laughs> um, my whole point being, like... I don't actually call cops pigs. I should back down from that. There I are don't plenty either. of great members of the police service industry. Okay, we're, we're gonna stop now. Okay, good. My whole point is, like, <laughs> Felina, get a fucking editor. These books aren't good. So... And that's Let's about go. where we end it. Like, and then the next chapter. So the next chapter is like Elizabeth, and we're back in the hospital, and nothing really happens at the beginning. Caden's kind of like Dev's like, "Hey, this girl in pediatrics likes you," and 
uh, Caden's like, cool. And then, I guess it's been, like, a, almost a week. It's been five days. It's and been Elizabeth's like, why hasn't Caden sexually harassed me? A boring five days of normal. Since our not-so-accidental meeting. A boring five days of normal. Not much to add in there. Caden also, so she says, what if Gwen and I were wrong? Which, like, okay, is a fair thing. Like, as someone with extreme anxiety and not the best self-esteem, I'm going to second-guess someone likes me even after we've been dating for a year and a half. So then she says there was booze involved. But Caden, booze involved. I feel like I just said boobs involved. but Yeah, it kind of sounded like it. There it, were it actually sounded two. like you said there were boobs and balls. <laughs> Which is more than we've gotten. It is. So, so go but ahead. But Caden wasn't drinking. Like, explicitly. Yeah. And this then, chapter here... It just feels so weird. So then, like, she's like, I was really into him, but he doesn't seem into me. But then he immediately seems into her again. And they sort of talk about what happened. And then we end on the worst note ever. All of this is weird. Like, this entire conversation. So she catches Dev and Caden, which I really like Dev's reaction. He's trying to push Caden to maybe date this woman in pediatrics. And it says, all right, dude, she's, Dev notices my presence. A very talented woman with a beautiful mind. Dev is great. Dev is Dev a is person. Awesome. Everyone else in this book is a robot or a male ginger cat. I sigh and turn in the under like okay, I sigh and turn in the other direction, which is just weird, period. Caden catches up to her and he asks, How do you how did you and your friend fare after I left? Because now we are at the Renaissance Festival. Hmm. Left where? He chuckles. Oh, okay, you're gonna play it that way. You mean Digby's? Digby's? You know I mean Digby's. No, I really don't. What the fuck else would you mean, Elizabeth? This is weird that you're pretending it didn't happen. It would be a better book if it was like, I don't know how to flirt. I don't know how to play hard to get. This was a really stupid line. Can I help you with something medical, Dr. Cocker? That was pretty good. Yes. He lowers his voice. Yes, I've got this patient who made me blush a few nights back. You see, I touched her smooth calf when I shouldn't have. Now I can't get her out of my cerebral cortex. Who the fuck talks like that? I hate all of this. It's so bad. Successfully hiding my inner smile. I don't feel like you need too much success there, my dude, because it's an inner smile. And successfully keeping my face blank. I dryly inform him... You should stay away from her. That's my best advice. You did apologize? That's a weird construction of a sentence. Yeah. I don't believe I did apologize. At least not very well. Because I wasn't very sorry. Oh my god. And then she but realizes it's... he's flirting. Which is crazy because he's already mentioned her calf. He seems serious in his flirtation. Like I could escalate this if I want to. I don't know. That's just weird. And then she freaks out. Okay, yeah. It's, okay. 
she realizes that she can hide this, which I assumed the relationship, if I try. And these last few days of waiting for him to say something, anything kind of pissed me off. Hey, you know what? You are in the 20th, 22nd century. What? I don't know what century we're in right now. But either way, it's 2138. You can go flirt with him first. 2038. Shit, it's, it's 2038. the 21st century still. <laughs> I'm so tired. Oh. Anyways, we end this on the worst note, which is that they get to where she's going, and she says... There's a weird line here, though. I'm not sure what you expect me to do, Dr. Cocker. How about... Nothing you can say, I guess. What? Yeah, that's a really strange one. And then she says, it's coming out of the blue, don't you think? Katie no. looks at me, head tilting slightly. You were waiting for me to say something earlier. That's not what I meant. Yes, it How is. How does he know? No. How does he know? And then he says he's had a lot on his mind, which granted, yeah, because, you know, his entirely identical family has been in prison. His cat went to jail, man. That would make me upset, too. Yes. And not even, like, cat jail, which is, like, the vet. And then he says, but you've been on my mind, too. Which he's now stated twice. He's made very clear his intentions. We stare at each other until it becomes clear that one of us had better move before this becomes obvious. I reach for the doorknob, but pause. Room 707. 20 minutes. We'll discuss it further. See you there. He takes off and I disappear inside. Okay, so, Meg, you've read ahead, and I haven't. Do we get any sex? There's no sex in the next chapter. Ugh. The next chapter is going to have a little bit of me yelling about, you know, tiny, wimey, wobbly stuff. The, the lack of sex. But also, yes, it's like, think of as far away from sex as you can get. That's how we this. go in chapter 16. Well, that's it. I'm done. There's nothing more to say. We haven't had any sex yet, and we're a third of the way through this book. Yes. Which, I don't know. Would be fine if it weren't marketed as a sexy erotica book. It's like, we read Cocky Roommate, and I was like, oh my god, this dude has his dick out, chapter one. This is too much. And then she was like, oh, let's roll it back. Okay, so I have one more thing that I want to talk about real quick. Okay. I went to Felina Hopkins' YouTube channel, hoping to find some stuff about Cocky Gate. And instead, I found some behind-the-scenes, quote-unquote, photo shoot videos of <laughs> yeah. the fact she shoots, she takes pictures of all the guys that are on her cover. So, first of all, this guy introduces himself as Caden Cocker. He is obviously a model. And the thing that confuses me is the guy is obviously brown-haired and brown-eyed, and yet she describes him as being blonde-haired and blue-eyed. Doesn't she? <laughs> Yes. Or am I just transposing the description of every other man in the book, excluding the cat, onto Caden? I'm not going to lie. I think he is blonde. These videos are only like a minute and 30 seconds. They are profoundly uncomfortable. I highly recommend them to everybody. She has her models, who are literally just the models for the covers of her photos, interview as if they are the characters. It's very strange. And she's in them, and she's just as awkward and uncomfortable. 
in theory, I like this idea because one of my favorite book series in the 90s did this. Where, like, they had a character, Pretty Little Liars does this too. They have a character on the cover and that's, it's the same character throughout. Like, if there was another Caden book, surely he would be there. Mm-hmm. But interviewing him is weird. And also, yeah. like, in Animorphs, they have the same guy for every Marco book. And Marco, the 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 kid that is on the covers cut his hair. So in the book, Marco gets a haircut to match the cover. And so, like, I think you're right. I am fairly certain that he is blonde. I don't know how to search this ebook for that. I just don't understand. I just feel like this is all just, like, so half-baked and so obviously a ploy for Felina to make money, and we all know that about her. It's just, reading it, it's just so evident. It's worse than what it was with, like, with Lanny Serum, I was like, okay, she's doing this to make herself money and to get famous, but with Felina, it's just, like, it all reads, like, shitty SEO copy, and as someone who writes shitty SEO copy, I can tell you that's what this sounds like. Yep. All right. I think we've said enough about this. I think we have. Meg, what do you want to plug? I think you should plug Minds at Yerk. I'll plug. Yep. I'll go ahead and plug Minds at Yerk. It's a good podcast. It's about Animorphs. Meg's on a podcast called Minds at Yerk. She just mentioned Marco. (laughs) I don't know anything about Animorphs, but Meg's great, so you should go listen to it. Animorphs is great. It is a book series from the 90s that is like... Everybody was like, oh, this is cool. It's a kid's book series. And then you read it and you're like, oh, no, these kids are going through terrible things. I'm three books in and one of them's contemplating suicide. What the fuck have I started reading? It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, we're about to release book seven, which had a very, very uh, strong influence on my development. But what have you done recently? I know you were on another podcast recently. I was on Best Acquaintances with Emily and Ollie, and it was so much fun. So I don't know actually when that's coming out. I don't know where I am in their queue because they have, like, I guess they record in advance on, like, everybody else. They do, yes. So So. I'll eventually be on there, and you can hear me talk about humans versus zombies and uh, what a conceited bitch I was in college. (laughs) Okay, because earlier I was like... Did I listen to Elle's episode? I don't remember listening to it. It's like, but I am behind on podcasting, but they haven't so released I, it. Okay. Um, I actually my guess is you're on two weeks. Yeah, go ahead. Done. Please do. So hopefully within the next month or so, so look for it in September, um, my first podcast that never got off the ground but is finally happening with my friend Zach. Yay! It's called Short, Colorful, and Loud. We're going to watch kids' movies. I've seen every kids' movie ever. Zach has seen mostly none, and um, I think everyone's going to like it. We're going to talk about kids' movies. We're probably going to cover Treasure Planet for our first episode. So everybody who likes the, you know, 50% of the podcast that I talk for, come listen to me talk on 50% of another podcast. Yeah. Talking about something I'm way more versed in, which is children's media, because... (laughs) I'm, as a 26-year-old, I'm just, I feel like it's made for me. Child at heart. 
And everybody should go listen to Judging Book Covers and Fabulous Retellings. Fabulous Retellings is doing Baba Yaga. I haven't listened yet, but Meg has been so excited about this. I actually had, I posted it in a group that it was out and some guy like immediately went and listened to it and told us how great it was. And I was like, either everybody really likes Baba Yaga and I didn't realize this and now I'm a little worried. love you and Mari. Or they love me. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited about it and just read a fantastic book for that. So I think Everybody it's going to be listen. my favorite season. And uh, if you want to see all of this, you can find us on the internet, Facebook, at A Handbook for Judging Fabulous Retellings Covers. Yes. Also on Twitter at Handbook Podcast, mm-hmm. where we just uh, retweeted a bunch of uh, anniversary retweets on the whole Lanny Serum scandal. So... August 15th was the official uh, release date of Handbook for Mortals. So about a week later was the official anniversary of the, the scandal. The scandal when, you know, the New York Times came out. So we still don't have anything on book two or the movie. I know that Meg and I have been really, really busy and really, really like, like we were late last week and we've had some issues recording. So maybe we'll do an anniversary episode or something and we'll maybe like, like, I know I rewrote the first chapter as a piece of fanfic. Maybe Meg can put together some fanfic and maybe next episode we'll just record something. We don't know, but we'll do something to celebrate the one year anniversary of this horrible book that brought us together. This one's probably going to be late too, because it's almost 11 p.m. Yeah, we have to go to bed, but um that we'll was get our chapters 12 through 15 and nobody's banged yet so you know here we go it's so sad it's depressing okay let's end it let's call it we've plugged All right. we've done we've plugged done. which means we've done more plugging than Kate and Cocker has done you know what I mean we're ending on that note see you not next much week. of a Cocker I'm oh. just saying he hasn't really cocked anybody Cocker I haven't yet oh my god good night you need to save some of these for future weeks <laughs>